0: Faith in Five Dollars Five dollars, six countries, four months, and a one-way ticket to southern Russia. This is a book about faith, obedience, and miracles by Jonathan Nowlin. I hope you enjoy this reading of Faith in Five Dollars. Chapter 9. Nothing Normal There was nothing normal about this trip. Latvia proved to be just as abnormal a chapter in this God story as anything leading up to it. We finally arrived at our camp facility and began planning and setting up for the hundreds of Latvian youth who were to attend the discipleship camp. This facility was really rough. It was a pre-World War II orphanage that was beyond derelict in its upkeep. We found ways to make do, though. One difficulty was that there was not enough room in the building for the guys of our team to sleep inside. To solve this problem, we located the only other usable structure on the property and set up our beds there. However, to say that we slept in beds was an overstatement. We actually cleared away shop debris, wood splinters, and broken glass to sleep on the floor of an abandoned garage. It was on a par with a homeless squat house somewhere in the inner city and nearly as dangerous. One night, some local thugs threw bricks through the remaining windows of our garage bedroom while we slept. They had mistaken us for Russians and couldn't wait to show their animosity for the former occupying power by hurling bricks at us. Again, by God's grace, all the bricks missed us, as did the falling broken glass. The only negative byproduct was that it became incredibly cold at night without windows left to keep the heat in. Oh well, it could have been much worse. The camp was fun, and many young Latvians became true followers of Christ. It was a blessed time of relative peace and calm for our team as well. We really needed it. It was the calm before the storm, as they say. God was not about to let me get comfortable. The lessons I needed to learn along this faith journey were only beginning. Sometimes in life, when you think you have given all you have to give, there is a little bit more that God wants to test you on. As much as we like comfort and security in our lives, these are not the environments in which we have the opportunity to grow in our trust for the Lord. Sometimes when we are in the hardest situations, we cling to the few things in our life that give us a sense of control or comfort. In my case, it was $17. Somewhere between the time we left St. Petersburg and the end of the camp in Latvia, someone had given me $20, which was now down to $17, and I had a well-thought-out plan for that money. Even after seeing so many miracles of provision and protection along this journey, my faith was often still weak. Repeatedly, the Lord showed me that I didn't fully trust Him. Jesus says in Matthew 6.25, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body, as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Even though I had read this scripture hundreds of times, I still did not have a full realization of how infinitely my heavenly Father valued me. If I was worth enough for my father to give his son to die in my place, how small a thing it must be for him to provide for my daily food. This revelation came into my life deeply through an evening Bible study that our team attended at a local missionary's home. This American missionary and his family had entered Latvia immediately after the fall of the Soviet Union. They had lived there through the hardest of the hard times, and it was a real honor to enjoy a meal with them and spend time in the Word together. During the worship time that evening, the Lord gave me a clear command. He said, Do you trust me? I want you to give your $17 to this family. The missionary family was in extremely difficult financial condition, and during the meeting, John, our team leader, had felt compelled by the Lord to take up an offering from among our small team to bless them. This was a major internal struggle for me. I knew that the Lord had clearly told me to give my only existing money in the offering, but everything in me wanted to resist. I had plans for that money. I knew that at the end of our time in Russia, Mike and I were to fly to Israel. We still had no clarity from the Lord regarding why we were going there or what we were going to do. Nevertheless, I had carefully planned out the use of my $17. I imagined that I might at least be able to afford to buy one falafel per day during the 10 days we planned to be there. At least that way, I wouldn't starve, I thought to myself. What a sad and impoverished way of thinking this was, especially after witnessing the incredible provision of the Lord over the last few months. So as the offering collection came around the room, I decided once again that I was all in and that I would give every last penny in obedience to the Lord. In this complete change of attitude, I quickly threw my last remaining reserves into the offering. When I did this, I felt a great peace and a sense of the favor of the Lord flood over me. $17 had never purchased so much before. Now I was flat broke. Sometimes people talk about being broke or penniless, but they still have access to resources. I had no money at all. My teammates were in equally bad shape. We were running on fumes, financially speaking, and most of my team had budgeted just enough to squeak by and complete this assignment. By God's grace, food was extremely cheap in those days, in the Western republics, if you could find it. So when I wasn't eating at the camp programs, friends on the team bought extra food and shared with me. When this portion of our adventure was complete, we took yet another train ride. We headed from Riga to Minsk, the capital of Belarus. This train trip was the least eventful of our entire journey. By this time, we were ready for uneventful. Some people spend all their free time and hard-earned money searching for adventure and thrills. I've discovered that all of those desires and more can be found in sold-out service to the Lord. The fringe benefit is that in His service, He pays the bills and plans the ride. I believe that deep inside every human is not only an empty space that can be filled by a relationship with God, but also a built-in desire for adventure, conquest, risk, nurture, and beauty. This is especially evident in men, but I've seen these traits expressed in many young women as well. As I have matured in my understanding and walk with the Lord, I have come to believe that these characteristics are also part of God's character and nature. Therefore, we as beings created in His image bear these same traits. The enemy of our souls, sin, and the world system have hijacked and corrupted these God-given instincts. But God wants to awaken and fulfill these desires in His people. Through partnership with Himself to live with passion and purpose. Sadly, in most cultures of the world, these traits and desires are only satisfied through carnal and counterfeit expressions such as video games and fantasy. So many Christians have no idea what is available to them through a true personal walk with Jesus. I love the way C.S. Lewis describes Aslan the Lion, the type of Christ character in his famous Chronicles of Narnia stories. On a number of levels, this series of books presents clear allegories, of both the kingdom of God and also of our experience as human beings. In The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Aslan is described. He's wild, you know, not like a tame lion. This may make some people feel uncomfortable, but think of this incredible description of himself that God forcefully communicates to Job. God says in Job 38, verse 3-4, through four, Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? The rest of Job 38 is insightful into just how untamed our God really is. It is worth reading just to obtain a scriptural perspective. Yes, God is love, but he is also the God of all power and might. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.